Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. I've been hearing a lot of gossip recently. I thought I'd throw my own knowledge in, yeah? Better to keep people aware than in the dark, you know? There's been a name hot on people's lips lately. Leon Frisk. Heard of him? <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you have. I mean, for a mystery, he's pretty talked about around here. With such a pretty little name like that, I knew Leon very well. Yes. Let me start at the beginning. Now, Leon and I go way back to our high school days at Dreadwood High. He was a quiet guy. Sat at the back of the classroom, head down. His practically white hair was always frizzy and pulled back with a scrunchie. His glasses were always dirty, and he wore the most unfortunate clothes. Little sweater vests and pleated khaki pants. He's small, too. Harmless. That's what we all thought, anyways. However, we should all keep an eye out for the quiet ones, hmm? Leon's family background was unknown for the most part. He was almost always alone when I'd see him. He'd walk home by himself, eat by himself, just always alone. He seemed fine with the loneliness, though. Lived in it, even. Leon and I collided one day in the library. I was looking for a place to go that was quiet. Our library was huge for such a small school. The shelves stretched on for ages. So I weaved through them towards the back. I saw Leon then. He wasn't normal, though. He had a leather book open in front of him. His hand was touching the pages, but his eyes. They were open and glowing bright blue flames. His left hand was outstretched and a blue globe was turning ever so slowly in his palm. Hovering. He must have heard me because all at once he lifted up his hand and blinked the flames out of his eyes and the whole dissipated. We stared at each other for a second. 
I mean, not to be any type of way, but I was pretty popular, and he was a... Well, he was a weird kid. People listened to what I said. Hi, was all he said. It was the first time I'd ever heard him speak. His voice was soft and gravelly from under use, I assume. Hi, I replied. We stayed staring at each other. You can't tell anyone about that, he replied meekly. I feel like I just kept staring at him and blinking. He was... a lot to take in when you really looked at him. Yeah, what are you, though? I tried to sound as casual as possible. He snapped the book shut and shoved it in his bag and stood up. There are things you shouldn't question, Dallas. My being is one of them. He pushed past me after that, leaving me dazed. The next time I saw him, he was putting textbooks into his locker. I was much taller than him and leaned above him. Are we not gonna talk about this? I asked. He didn't look at me as he said, Talk about what exactly? You've never been interested in casual conversation before, so I'm not really sure what draws you to it now. We were never friends, and I don't think we ever will be. I'm not your normal type. Just forget about it. He slammed his locker shut and went into my arm to escape. Fiona was watching me then. She came up to me, her dark straight hair was singed straight and her eyeliner was so smudged she looked like a raccoon. Fiona was my cousin and my closest friend. Don't ask, was all I said and she just shrugged. She knew not to push me for answers that I didn't want to tell. I guess that's something that Leon and I had in common. I finally let my curiosity get the best of me. I followed Leon home one day after school and I really thought I was being sneaky too, you know, he let me think I was anyway. He had his headphones on and I kept my distance. He walked to the pawn shop at the end of town and an older boy who seemed to be Leon's exact opposite opened the door for him. He had to be four years older than us. He was pale like Leon, but his hair was jet black and cut short. This boy actually had a sense of fashion with his all-black attire and colorful tattoos up his arm. He ruffled Leon's long frizzy hair and for the first time I saw Leon smile. It was a small ghost of a thing, but before he followed whoever it was inside, he turned on his heel and looked at me as I was hiding in a bush. He looked back at the dark-haired boy before motioning with a nod to follow him inside. So I did. I can't just not obey a pretty face. So I went inside White Magic Pond for the first time. The inside was stark white with shelves lined with gadgets, books, and stones that I'd never seen. The older boy shook my hand. His name was Wes, and he told me he was Leon's older brother. He owned the pawn shop after their parents went back home. He had been taking care of Leon for a long time. Leon took me to his room, which looked normal. It was all exposed wood and plants, leather-bound books strewed about the room, and his twin bed pushed into the corner on the floor. Wes brought us a pot of tea, and Leon poured a cup for both of us as he left the room. Then, without prompting, he said, Where would you like me to start? I stayed at Leon's house that night, talking until the sun came up. He told me that his mother was a human, and his dad was... something different. Told me that he had all-seeing powers, that he knew how to escape Dreadwood. 
The shop was passed down to his brother to keep up doing supernatural deals. People usually came in and went somewhere altogether different. His brother said they got sent home. Leon thought that was nice, sending people somewhere happier. Told me a lot more than that, too. His favorite color was tan, and he really liked to watch superhero movies with his brother. His favorite music was folk music that he heard around the fire from when he was a kid and his parents were still around. After that night, I practically went to see Leon every day. He impressed me. He told me about stars and ghosts and all sorts of things. Eventually, he let Fiona come over, too. Then I met his only friend, Sharice Lennox. She went by Cherry, though, and she was good with electronics. We were a happy little family. We left high school, and all of us practically stayed attached at each other's hips. Leon and I started dating, and I was so incredibly happy. Then things came crashing down. Hard. It all started when we were all at White Magic Pond. The sun was going down and the summer heat was sticky in the air still. The old radio was playing and we hummed along to a man with a sultry voice playing a banjo. Leon was going through new relics and marking them. Cherry was tapping on her computer and then Fiona and I were lounging on the couch in the waiting room, doing what we did best, watching other people work. Wes came into the shop quickly. The door closed behind him with a loud bang. All of our heads snapped up, and he was breathing heavy. I have to go, he announced. I looked at Leon, who stood up from the floor instantly. He looked panicked, and it was hard for me to see him like that. He followed his brother as Wes went straight to his bedroom at the back of the shop to pack a bag. When Wes came back, Leon was shaking and trying not to completely melt down. You could see it in his eyes. Wes gave Leon a hug and said, I'll be back soon. Leon could only nod as Wes gave me a grim smile before leaving. Leon didn't speak for a few days. That was his go-to upset feature. Silence. I hated it at first. I was someone that ran into my emotions head first screaming, but Leon sat with him quietly. I did everything I could to get him to talk to me. I didn't leave the shop. I would give him hot tea every few hours as he looked through his books. Cherry would make desserts for all of us, but made his favorite things without making a huge deal of it. Fiona tried to pretend everything was normal. Things were... fragile. Then, the silence broke. I woke up in the middle of the night when I realized the place in the bed next to me was empty and cold. We had traded his twin bed with the queen when I moved in after my parents died and my brother Milo took over the farm. It was for the best. I put on a shirt and walked into the main shop area. Cherry and Leon were at Cherry's computer. They were talking softly to each other. Then Fiona walked in through the front door. She was dressed all in black and had knives holstered to her belt. I realized I was the only one not dressed or told anything about what was happening. I realized I was the only one not dressed or told anything about anything that was happening. I was a bit offended. I wanted him to talk to me first and tell me everything. Leon is bad at that, telling people the full stories. Leon turned to me and softly said, Get dressed, dear. We know where Wes is. 
I wasted no time and got dressed similar to Fiona, but I holstered a gun to my belt. Then, after saying goodbye to Cherry, we headed for the woods. I knew better than to ask questions. Leon already had his book out and his eyes glowed as he went through the pages. We walked in a general direction, following Leon. I'd follow Leon anywhere without knowing a thing. Even now, after all this time. Here. Leon stopped suddenly. Then the leaves started floating midair. The moon shone bright enough to cut through the dense trees. The leaves circled and circled until they tornadoed for a moment, disappearing and revealing a figure in its place. It was a man with large antlers in his forehead. His eyes glowed like Leon, but they shone black instead of white. Fiona gasped, and I reached for the hilt of my gun. Then, Wes came stumbling out of what seemed like midair. He just appeared. He looked bad. He was practically skin and bones, and all his clothes were torn. When he saw Leon, he went to run to his brother, but couldn't move. It was like a marionette doll that went AWOL and was held back by the owner with the strings. I see you have finally come to meet your family. Welcome home, son, the creature said. Leon didn't look scared. He didn't look phased at all. Father, Leon regarded him with little to no interest in his voice. I see you've brought my son-in-law and extended family. Is that correct? The creature asked. Your timelines are wrong, Father, as well as your hold on the people in these mountains. I've come to get Wes. The creature laughed. It was horrendous cackling and made fear run through me. Ice-cold panic shot through my veins. If I give back Wes, then I have to take you in his stead. I can't have two of you little creatures running around town. Together, you'll be the death of me in this place I've created. But apart, you're both harmless. So which will it be? Stuck in limbo forever, or... Leon bit his lip and planted his feet. He started saying a soft incantation, and his left hand started glowing with that little orb spinning. He made symbols with his hands and his fingers until the light beamed out and shot right at the antlered man. The light struck but dissolved into the thing's body. He stretched his neck out and chuckled as if it did nothing. Then he raised his hand and Leon started choking. Black vines furled up his throat into his mouth. Leon clutched and clawed at his throat, suffocating. I went to run to him to do something, but Fiona was already there before I was. She was nimble and fast. When we would do things as a group that we called the mercenaries, illegal things, of course, she was the one that could fit through the pipes and move swiftly yet silently. She had disappeared into the darkness and reappeared, diving at the creature's throat with her daggers out. She let out a grunt as she was swatted through the air like an annoying bug. She hit the tree with a crack and then fell to the ground with a thud. She was unmoving. Leon was on his knees at this point and was running out of air. Wes was unable to move. The creature wanted Leon to make a choice, and it forced me to make a choice as well. Fiona or Leon? As I was looking between the two, mushrooms began to encircle Fiona. I swore it had to be a nightmare. 
Everything was so slow and yet so fast all at once. Before I could even think of making a choice, Wes was somehow in action already. The creatures staggered back. Their arms clutched to their sides as if they had been tied by invisible ropes. The puppet, betrayed by its master. He put a hand over him and started speaking an incantation. Leon had stopped choking when the creature who claimed to be his father went down, but he was unmoving and unbreathing. Red light glowed in Wes's hands as he spoke. The mushrooms around Fiona started flaking into the wind and flying off into particles like trees. Then Wes gave the unconscious Leon a tight hug and a kiss on the forehead, before Leon himself turned into dust in the wind. The creature bellowed loudly and Wes stood. He looked at me with utter sadness and a repeat of that sad smile he gave in the shop. I stood still in shock and choking back a scream. Then Wes turned his back to me and clapped his hands together. The red light turned into a globe that encircled not only him but his father. The creature kept bellowing and I could see through the translucent red globe as Wes raised his hands, took a deep breath and then brought his hands to the ground. At that, there was a crack and both Wes and the creature disappeared on the ground. Silence. Complete and utter silence followed that moment. Fiona started stirring and I ran back to her. I took her back to the farm. I patched her up and I drank my weight in whiskey and finally when I woke up the next morning I braved a visit to Leon's shop. I walked up to the little building and I felt just as intimidated as I did the first time I followed him in there all that time ago. The door was locked. Before I could even knock, Cherry walked to the door. Her demeanor was different. Sunglasses set on her face. They were dark and large, and she greeted me with coldness. You need to leave, she urged me. Now. He's dead. That news hit me like a truck, but I knew she was lying. She had to be. When I wouldn't budge, she tried again. He's gone, Dallas. Don't make this ugly. I tried to reason with her, to say anything. She sighed and pulled off her sunglasses to reveal the place where her eyes used to be. The area around her eyes was veiny and black like Leon's throat that night. Sat where her eyes should have been in their sockets were hollow holes in her face. I gasped and pulled back. She put those dark glasses back on her face. Don't tell anyone he's dead. Tell people... You broke up, because essentially you did, and I don't need the cops looking for him. Stay the hell away from here and forget about him. Forget about me. I'll do the same. With that, she turned and went back inside. The curtain stayed drawn after that. Leon Frisk became more of a mystery than he was before. Fiona got arrested. She had to fake her death to avoid her family and then got caught very much alive and sent to prison. I was alone for a very, very long time. When Fiona came back, I pushed her away. I didn't need any of them. Or so I convinced myself. Then I finally tried to rob White Magic Pond, and there he was. Leon Frisk, in the flesh. Damned to stay in that store for eternity, because if his body so much as leaves that place, well... Then we're all doomed. My name is Dallas Bristol, and...
come on, Dallas. This public diary entry has lasted way too long. We've got to blow this place and leave. Now. Come on, Fiona. I was just getting to the good part. People need to know who I am. The explosives are in place. When I press this button, we have 60 seconds to leave. Wait. Oops. What does oops mean? Sock. Don't look at us like that without talking, please. We all have talked about how important communication is. So, the thing is, I accidentally pressed the button 10 seconds ago. Honey, I don't have a lot of time to chat right now, but how can I help you? recognize the driver as your very alive brother, Milo. I know we talked about communication, and I should have told you he in fact didn't die because I sent Fiona to fake his death, and we kept it from you. However, we can argue about that later when you aren't about to get blown to bits, yes? What? Fiona, you were in on this? Now isn't the time, Texas. Cherry, best route of escape? Hmm. I'd have to say... Out the window, darling. Immediately. Fabulous. All right, let's get to it. Hi, yes, how may I help you? Say so. See you soon. Didn't you miss us? Yeah, something like that. Dreadwood Press Radio will return in July 2022. Dreadwood Press Radio is written by Arthur Edwards and produced by Deepwood Productions. In this episode, the role of Dallas Bristol was performed by Ian O'Neill. The role of Fiona was performed by Gray Casterline. The role of Leon Frisk was performed by Jordan Walker. And the role of Sock was performed by Elliot McKinley. And the role of Cherry was performed by Rain Palmer. You can find Dreadwood on the web at Twitter at Radio Dreadwood, Instagram at Dreadwood Press Radio, or on the internet at deepwoodproductions.com. If you like this show and you feel like you'd like to support it, you can go over to our Patreon, patreon.com slash deepwoodproductions. Thanks so much for listening, and uh, hey, stay safe out there. Until next time. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you.